0: Christ as a result of that ministry. Remember last week I said we're not necessarily a bunch that likes to celebrate out loud, but we're going to applaud that. Yes, that's good. That's great. Very good. You guys are growing. I'm so proud of you. Uh, Thank you so much for just the great joy and privilege that we have to partner with Mission City Church. We're uh, Just give God thanks for uh, Kyle and uh, his church family i actually was able to uh, record a conversation i had with kyle this week and so if you're interested you can go to uh, christ point church on youtube uh, pull up our uh, our youtube account there and you'll see that interview that i did with kyle make sure you watch the whole thing it's 20 minutes long and the last minute and a half in my opinion is gold right it's it's really good I'm not just making that up. I really think it is. Uh, if you have your phone out, and I know that some of you do, if you go to the version app, uh, you can follow along. I'll put the click on events, look for Christ Point Church, and uh, you can see where I am in the message. You can type in your own notes. Uh, if you are wondering, hey, is he almost done? You can look and go, oh, he's on point four. We're nearing home. It's really kind of a cool thing. I also want to let you know uh, Church uh, Center app. I know a couple weeks ago we shared with you the Church uh, Center app. It's really cool. You can uh, look up our church, uh, Christ Point Church, in the Church Center app, and it will give you all the announcements, all the things that are taking place uh, here at Christ Point. You can uh, follow along. There is a kind of a, a new thing that they're doing where you can uh, type in your name and be part of the church directory who here remembers when Olin Mills used to go to uh, churches? At, I worked for Olin M- Mills. I sold a church porch. <laughs> I'm not making this up. I really did. I was terrible at it because uh, I would show people these expensive pictures and be like, I don't think that's that good. I wouldn't. I mean, you don't need to get a canvas portrait of yourself, it's really not worth it. And so, surprisingly enough, that didn't last. And so, you know, here I am today. Uh, and still in the church, but kind of doing something different. Uh, but a, a church directory you can put in your name your address there and if you're looking to contact your church family uh, You can do that and you can include whatever information you want If you're like hey, I want to kind of go incognito and I want to put my name in there, but no Contact information you can do that or you can share everything if you're like hey Here's my soul's number and my birth date and all that fun stuff uh, you well You can't do that, but uh, you know you can put your contact information in there So make sure you utilize it. It is a great tool. I am uh, super Uh, excited this morning because we get to kick off a new series. We finished up our series on uh, the Lord's Prayer last week, and we're starting a new five-week series titled, That's a Great Question. Uh, The answer uh, to a good question has the potential to change your life. Do you ever think about that? The answer uh, to a good question has the potential to change your life. If you are a student and uh, someone says to you, Hey, do you want to grab coffee? Or do you want to go see a movie back when that was legal? Uh, and you said yes. Uh, that had the potential to change your relationship status, to change your life. Uh, pretty soon some of our high school uh, seniors will graduate and uh, they'll be posed the question, are you going to attend you know, UNCC or UNC or uh, the greatest university on the planet? Not the Wolf Pack. Put your fingers away. Well, the University of Michigan, right? Depending on where you go to college, it has the potential to change your location, uh, your friends, and your future. The question, uh, will you marry me, or do you want to start a family, has the potential to change everything, right? Our answer uh, to great questions has the potential uh, to change us. Do you know that Jesus uh, was the greatest a question asker, uh, ever to walk the planet. As a matter of fact, the Gospels record over three ever to walk the planet. As a matter of fact, the gospel that I took at Dallas Theological Seminary was uh, this theology course. And uh, people feared this class. Um, you had really one of two options at the end of your seminary career. You could uh, write like a 60-page thesis, which seemed exhausting to me, or you could take this class. And this class was uh, a class with Dr. Bingham. And all the students uh, who chose to take this class would uh, file in at the beginning of class, and the class was just spent um, asking and answering questions. And so Dr. Bingham would look out at uh, the vast array of students. If I were you, um, I would bubble in that one. Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus is unique in that He was and is the Savior of the world. He was the Messiah. He was Christ. Peter's answer, though, is, is more than simply just a correct answer. Right? It, 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 Jesus, I believe, is asking the disciples, and I believe asks us, more than just tell me the right answer. Like sometimes we can be obsessed with the right answer. I want to get it right. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to see any red on my paper. But, but the answer about the person and work of Jesus is more than simply a, a right or wrong answer. Right? It has the potential to change our lives forever. Right? If we believe that Jesus is the Messiah, if we believe that He is our Savior, it changes everything about life, doesn't it? I mean it changes what's important to us. It changes how we spend our time or our resources, what we're passionate about, what we live for and what we die for. It is a game changer. And so how does one come to the conclusion that Jesus is the Christ, that He is the Messiah? that He is worth living for and dying for. How does that happen? Because not everyone believes that. Not everyone believes that. Some, some of you might not believe that. You might think, I've heard stories about Jesus, or I've heard uh, people talk about Jesus, but maybe you don't look at Jesus and go like, I'm all in for Jesus. And so how does one come to the point that, that Peter came to where he says, you are the Christ, uh, the Son of uh, the living God. How does It happened. One of the things that I I love about Scripture is sometimes Scripture will pull back the curtain and show us how one comes to the the conclusion that one does. Um, Recently, my middle child uh, was working on some math and he had a problem that he didn't know the answer to. And so he asked his father, That's not a good idea because it's been a while since I took math. And so I told Noah, um, your best bet is to talk to your older brother. Uh, He probably knows how to do that problem. And so Cademan came into Noah's bedroom. He did some stuff and he figured out the answer. And Noah said, well, that's great, but how did you get the answer? To which Cademan replied, I don't know. It's just the right answer. Like, I just did it. But, but you know you can't just do it. You've got to show your work. You've got to show how, how did you get there. And Cademan said to Noah, Noah, it's been two years since I've been in that class. How am I supposed to remember? And I'm like, it's been 1992 since I've been in that class. How am I supposed to remember? Right? The teacher wants to know, how did you get there? Well, Scripture teaches us how we get to the point where we see Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah, our Savior. Because I'm interested in that stuff. How did we come to these conclusions? Jesus tells us. He told Peter. Jesus answered him. This is verse 17. And said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. How does one come to the conclusion about the person and work of Jesus? Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. How does one uh, believe in Jesus? How does that happen? Uh, It happens when God reveals it. In that scenario, and I am desperate for god to move because listen if god does not move nothing happens nothing happens i'm an old guy given a five minute devotion who happens to be the dad for one of the players and so i am begging god in that moment god make them alive god move like show them the beauty of jesus these kids thirst for something that will bring them joy so god Give them Jesus. But listen, I cannot. I cannot produce that. I can't produce it in them, and I cannot produce it in you. And so just so you know, that same prayer that I have for students is the prayer that I have for you. I say, God, make them alive. Like, reveal your goodness to them. Show them that you have something that will satisfy their deepest longings. But God, uh, you have to do it. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So what? Like, so what? Um, Jesus asked a personal question. We looked at the answer. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. But what sort of difference does that make for you and for me? Because it's not just an answer. Right? It's not something that we just hear and go, yeah, I believe that. It's something that, that changes the trajectory of our lives. So what sort of difference does it make? God tells Peter, I think he tells us too, in verse 18, and I tell you, this is Jesus' words to Peter, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth uh, shall be loosed in heaven. On this rock, that little phrase there, on this rock, has been literally debated for hundreds and, quite honestly, thousands of years. There are some church traditions that think that they're talking about uh, Peter and his um, office, and this verse is teaching a perpetual office of Peter, the Roman Catholic Church would say that. Like they, they trace back to Peter and they're like he was like first Pope, and then there's this these lines of Pope. Other people look at that and go, No, that's that's not what it means. It's it's talking about the confession of faith from from Peter and from the apostles. Like this this foundational teaching of, of grace um, through through faith, faith through grace. In the finished work of Jesus. And other people would say, no, that that rock is actually referring to Jesus. I get lost in the weeds, but I think that this is referring to the confession of faith from Peter and the apostles. I think that in part because of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. It says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, uh, but you are fellow citizens uh, with the saints and members of the household of God. Listen built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In Him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So Jesus is the cornerstone. That, That foundation is the confession of faith from the apostles. Uh, and the says, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock... says, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock... I just mess with people. It's not, I know what they're asking. I shouldn't do that. But it's, it's God's. It's His idea. It's His church. Right, he's going to build it. And apparently, nothing will stop the movement and mission of God in building His church. Nothing, nothing. Nothing will stop the movement and mission of his church. Nothing's going to stand in its way. Peter, some of our adults, when when they travel over here on Sunday morning and spend time with a handful of kids and speak gospel truth into their hearts and lives, they are being the church. Man, they're doing a good work. When someone comes early on Sunday morning and stands by the back door and with a smile uh, on their face, behind their mask, welcomes you and says, it's so good to see you this morning. I'm so glad that you are here. They're living this out there, being the church. When you invite a neighbor over to dinner, uh, when you swing open the door to your home and, and set out an extra plate and you welcome someone into Uh, your world, you are being uh, the church. When you pray for a friend walking through a dark time in his or her life, you are being the church. When you uh, care for a spouse who is aging or a mom or a dad and you love them well, uh, you are being the church. When you listen to your heartbroken uh, teenager or your lonely son and you point them to Jesus, you are in part being the church. See, the church is a movement of God into the world. Uh, the, the picture that's painted here is one where the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. In other words, the church is this, this entity, this movement against the gates of hell. We are an advancing community. We do not build high walls and hide from the world. We go out into the world. We advance. We uh, move. We chase after people who are far from God and we invite them through the power of the Spirit uh, to draw near. It's really amazing what God dreamed up. You and me, we are His ambassadors. We are God's ambassadors. God is making His appeal to the world through you. Whoa. That's a verse. I didn't make that He's making his appeal through you. 2,000 years ago, Jesus uh, took his disciples to a little town <laughs> called Caesarea Philippi, a city located in the northernmost border of Israel. It was a city that was uh, bestowed to Herod the Great by Emperor Augustus Caesar. Hi- uh, would make it so. Uh, I pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen. A number of weeks ago, about four, we, four or five weeks ago, the first Sunday in January, uh, we said, the elders sat up here and we said we had four priorities this year. Uh, we were asking the Lord to provide land for us. We want to empower our leaders and our volunteers. We want to continue to move toward authentic community as a church body, and we want to be a dependent people upon uh, prayer. Um, with that in mind, I want to invite you uh, next Saturday or Sunday or Sunday, or the following Sunday, the 13th, the 14th, or the 21st, uh, to come and hear about an opportunity as placed before us uh, to purchase land. Um, we're going we're to gather next Saturday at 10 o'clock uh, here to share more about it, or if that time doesn't work for you, um, next Sunday after the service, following the message, I'll share uh, the same information that shared on Saturday will be shared on Sunday, and then the same information that's shared on Saturday and Sunday will be shared the following Sunday uh, on the 21st. I simply say that.